0: All right, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about tonight. And uh, tonight um, is not really a popular subject because it's going to be about abortion. And the truth is, we've had a mass genocide in our country. And I personally believe it's the murder of the unborn. And I'm going to show you why I believe that. I'm not going to just say I believe that and not show you. I want to show you why I believe it. People with a real heartbeat many that could live if they were delivered at the moment that they were killed or aborted and they would have made it. And anyway, uh, if they just had the opportunity. Now you get into this and you say, well, I know people that's had abortions, so do I. And let me just say God's a God of forgiveness. God forgives people, we understand that, but it doesn't make it right, it makes no difference whether, you know, right or wrong is right or wrong. And God can forgive people. I let him murder the Lord in 1998, and I don't even know if he's been executed or what. Beats me in a prison. You say, how'd you do that? Well, God forgives people, but he still had to be punished for what he did, see. He still had to be and should have been, no doubt about it, but that doesn't give, stop us from preaching to people and giving the gospel to them. But anyway, in the Bible here, you see all kinds of things. And you might ask this, uh, you might wonder how many, how many babies have been aborted, since 1973, when Roe v. Wade came into effect, came into law, more than 61 million babies have been killed before they ever exited the womb. That's amazing. Do you realize that would equal killing everyone in Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Indiana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Louisiana, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Idaho, and Arkansas? When you look at it that way, that's a whole bunch of people is what it is. Two thousand nine hundred per day. This is only in America now, it's not out outside of America. There's plenty out there too. One hundred and thirty seven per hour, two point three every minute. And so since we've been to church tonight, there's been I don't know how many if you can figure it up, two point three for every minute we've been here. Every single day this happens in America. In the year 2000, more children died from abortion than Americans died in the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War I, World War II, the Korean conflict, the Vietnam, and the Gulf Wars combined. All of them. Is that not amazing? 74% of women that have had abortions claim a religious affiliation. And so that means that they go to church or something like that. You say, well, there might be people in here. No, there may be. You say, Do you hate me? I don't hate nobody that I know of. I don't really care for the devil too much but outside of him, you know. But I don't, I don't hate anybody. I, I, and by the way, I've done some pretty stupid things in my lifetime. I mean, some dumb things. And I'm glad God's a forgiving God. That's all i got to say. I really, really am. And so take your Bible and let's see what the Bible says on this subject. Not what I think about it, but what the Bible says. All right, Job chapter 3. Now, see, people can do dumb things, and God can do something with them. They can get forgiveness and still be a good person. That's true. Job chapter 3, just before Psalms. But it makes no difference what I think about it or what you think. about That's what the Bible says. And you're going to deal with people on this subject forever, I guess you could say. And so we better see what it says about it. Job chapter number 3. Job chapter number 3. I believe that Job is the oldest book in the Bible, the first book in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Genesis, I know, is the first book. What I'm saying is, I believe it's the first book that was pinned down. Moses wrote the book of Genesis, and he didn't live during that time period. He lived during the time of the Exodus. Everybody's seen the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. That's when Moses lived. After Genesis was all finished, God said, Oh, yeah, I want you to tell everybody how everything got started all through the book of Genesis. I know you didn't live there, but God said... I was there, and I'm going to tell you what happened. And so he wrote down what God told him to write down. But most people believe Job lived at the time of the end of Genesis. And so this book was probably written before Genesis, even though Genesis happened first. So here you got 1500 B.C. or 1800 B.C., whenever it may have been in the book of Job. In Job chapter number 3, Job, man, he'd been attacked by the devil, and it had been awful. Everything he'd been through, and... It was so bad, he wished he wouldn't even ever been born. I'm talking about this guy was going through misery. Look in Job chapter 3 and verse number 11. The Bible says, why died I not from the womb? He said, why didn't I just die in the womb? I mean, I'm gonna, I just buried 10 children. I've got boils from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. I've lost everything that I've got. I don't have anything. Wouldn't it have been easier just not to even be born? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Now that's something Now there's another verse I'm going to get both of these together and then talk about it. Look in Job chapter 10 These go right along together and here's Job again Job chapter 10 Job chapter 10 Look in verse 18 He says Wherefore then hast thou brought me forth out of the womb Well the womb out of his mother Oh, that I'd given up the ghost and no eye had seen me. What he says, oh, that I would have died before I was born. He said it had to be better than what I'm going through right here. This is terrible is what he said. It's awful. The life that I've been given is awful. And he says, oh, that I'd given up the ghost. You know, the first guy that gave up the ghost where it uses that terminology in the Bible is in Genesis 25 and verse 8. His name's Abraham. And when he died, it says, and he gave up the ghost. Did you know that it says that about the Lord Jesus Christ when he's on the cross, that he gave up the ghost when he died? You say, what's that mean? It means the spirit left him. Now, let me ask you something. If something has a spirit, is it alive? Of course it is. What that means is when he gave up the ghost and the spirit left, at that point, when he died. And what Job's saying, oh, I wish I would have died before I'd ever been born. He said, I wish my spirit would have left me before I was ever born. Now, how in the world could a spirit leave him if he's just an embryo or a fetus? Well, he wasn't. What he said was, I was alive before I was even exited the mother's womb. I was alive is what he was saying. Man, if I'd given up my spirit, that'd been great. Because I wouldn't have had to endure what I'm enduring is what he's saying. Life would have been easier for him. All right, go back to Leviticus chapter 17. I'll show you something else. I found interesting. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Third book in your Bible. Leviticus 17. Somebody said, you're not politically correct. I said, thanks for the compliment. Leviticus 17. (laughs) Leviticus chapter number 17. (laughs) Leviticus chapter 17. What a great verse this is. Leviticus 17, look in verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the what? Blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. You got blood in you? All you got to do is cut open your vein, you'll find out. Don't do it, please. (laughs) But you you know, you'll find out real quickly if you have blood or not. Well, if you've got blood, the life of the flesh, you know that you've been alive. Well, let me just say something. Did you know that a baby has blood right off the bat? That heart, they say a heart beats within, they can detect. It didn't say it started, they can detect a heartbeat between five and a half and six weeks is what they say. Why would a heart beat? It pumps blood. Well, why in the world would a baby have blood? Because it's alive. The life of the flesh is in the blood, the Bible says. You say, well, if you'd study science, but I don't study science. I study the Bible. God's the author of life, and he's the one that gets to decide that. Although I have studied some science. I've taken college courses. I made A's in all of those science classes, believe it or not, and did just fine. But the best book on science in the world is the Bible. It's not a science book, but it's the best book on science. It's the Word of God. it tell you everything you need to know. I'll show you something else that's pretty interesting. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Turn to the right. 2 Samuel chapter 11. We'll look at the next verse. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, David sinned with Bathsheba. And what he did is he took another man's wife. I mean, he stole the man's wife. The guy was off at war, and David's the king, and he called for her. And and under that kind of rule, she had to come. And it was wrong, and David knew it was wrong, and David, he paid dearly for it. Well, come to find out, when this took place and everything that happened, this lady, Bathsheba, she was what the Bible calls with child. means that she was expecting. All right, look in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And she came and she sent and told David this, verse 5. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, the king, and said, I am with fetus. No. I'm with embryo. No. What's she with? Child. You say, who said that? The Bible says that. I'll just say this, and I don't, I'm not being ugly in any way, but I'm just being honest. How many of you women that's ever had a baby loved that baby before it was ever born? When is it? Raise your hand. You know that's natural. There's just something about that. A, a dad loves the baby too, but not the way a mother does when that baby's in her body like that. There's just something special about a mother's bond that... that a man doesn't understand because a man's not carrying a baby. No matter how hard they try, they're not carrying a baby. You say, well, that guy there's carrying one, but he's not a guy. He just says he is. And you can say you are, but that doesn't make you one. I could say I'm Kermit the Frog, but I'm not. It makes no difference what I say. <laughs> it's just the way it works. <laughs> the chromosomes are still the same. Somebody say, "Amen." Hey, man, just the way it is. You say, that's not... That's not nice. Well, that's just true is what it is. Sometimes the truth hurts, maybe. It didn't bother me any. But here's a... I remember when Gracie was born. Gracie's 18. 18 years old. And anyway, she was born, and and we were... She was like a few months old, and we had gone down somewhere, and Elizabeth was pushing her in a stroller, and I was, or maybe I was pushing her. I can't remember. I think I was pushing her. And we were at a outlet mall, of all things. Ugh. But anyway... <laughs> And, man, we're going along there, and men would come by that stroller and just bump into it and stuff, not even say I was like, man, I'm about to fight somebody, I guess. I mean, a brand-new baby, right? I mean, it's your baby, you know. And they really didn't mean nothing about it, and they didn't hurt her or anything like that. But if a woman stopped by there, I don't care if she was a girl and she was 12 years old or she was an older woman that was 90 years old. They stopped and looked in there and smiled every single time. You say, why is that? It's called natural affection. God puts that in a woman where she naturally loves little babies. And I love babies, too. I mean, I really do. These little babies and kids, we got kids running all over this church. And I love every single minute of it. I enjoy it. I like them. And I'm going to tell you something. We ain't putting up with nobody hurting a kid around here. It ain't happening. We try to spoil them is what we try to (laughs) do. You say, well, make them rotten. Well, you're probably doing a pretty good job of it yourself. (laughs) Anyway, that'll be your problem when they get home. Amen. All right, Jeremiah chapter 20. Turn to the right some more. Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. I'm just giving you verses on what the Bible says about it. Jeremiah chapter 20. And everybody ought to mark verses. And you can, if people ask you, you don't got to be ugly about it. You can say, well, the Bible says, and that's what we've got to go by. God gets, he decides these things. He tells us what's right and what's wrong. Jeremiah chapter 20. Not a professor. Jeremiah chapter 20. I found that professors many times are some of the dumbest people you ever met in your life. <laughs> we, Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah says, verse 17, because he slew... Oh, let's go back to 16. And let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew and repented not. And let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at the noontide, because he slew me not from the womb or that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb to be always great with me. You know what he says? He says, I could have been killed from the womb, is what he says. Could have been killed from the womb. How can you kill something if it's not alive, or if it's not real? Now you're in a time where they just keep pushing it further and further and further. Now they say, and the people you got in office now, they say, well, it's okay if they're born and laying there and you can still, you still, you can't resuscitate them. I mean, full term born. That's wickedness, man. That's wickedness, is what that is. Who could do that to a baby? All right, Exodus chapter 21. Here's a good one here Exodus chapter 21. Now, I'm not giving you all the scriptures on this subject, I'm just giving you some of them because we'd be here forever if we went through all of them. Exodus chapter 21 Exodus 21 is the law God gave the law and he said this is what's right this is what's wrong this is the punishment for what's done we don't live under the law today but it's amazing how we still go by many of these laws as a matter of fact our country was founded on these Judeo-Christian principles that you read in the Bible even now we There's a fight over the Ten Commandments, and there's a certain side that doesn't want the Ten Commandments displayed, but yet there's a certain side that does. You say, which side's that? Our side. Christians is when I say that. I'm not talking about political side. Christians. I'm for the Ten Commandments. It's amazing you can have the Ten Commandments etched into the Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C., and there they are, but yet they've kicked them out of courtrooms and everywhere else. But we've got them back up there at our place up here in Little Rock at the Capitol, we got them back, so they passed the legislature and all that kind of stuff to get them. And they fought them tooth and nail, but I thank God for that. I always thought, why do you not like that one that says, thou shalt not kill? Unless you're killing somebody. It's talking about murder, that's what it's talking about. Thou shalt not steal. Well, who wouldn't, how would that bother somebody? Unless you're a thief. That's the way I always look at it. What's, what's the big problem? Everybody knows you shouldn't steal. Man, you ought to be able to leave your doors unlocked at night. You ought to be able to whatever. You ought to be able to, you have a you, farmer's got equipment, you ought to be able to leave that out. You ought to have your fuel unlocked. Nobody will touch anything because it's not theirs. I mean, it's just the way society ought to be. You shouldn't even have to lock your doors out here in the church parking lot. You so, say, well, there might be people out there looking around. They might, but there's security out there. They ain't going to like it. <laughs> and they're on camera, so smile. <laughs> Exodus chapter 21. Wrong church. Exodus chapter 21. Look in verse 22. If men strive and hurt a woman with, with what? Child. You say, why do you call it a child? That's what the Bible calls it. If men strive and hurt a woman with, with child so that her fruit, the child, the baby, Depart from her and yet no mischief follow? What that means is if a person hurts a woman that's got a baby in her womb and it kills that baby, but when it says no mischief follow means it was an accident. That's a terrible accident, but accidents happen and, and it's awful. But what it's saying is it was not on purpose. That's what God's saying here. If he does, he shall surely be surely punished. It'd almost be like a manslaughter charge. According as the woman's husband will lay upon him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. So though, back in those days, they were judged. There wasn't even a king. And they would determine what he had to pay and what, the restitution and all that. But look at this. first 20. And if any mischief follow, what's the mischief? It's not on accident now. Then thou, then thou shalt give what? Life. For life I thought it didn't have life The Bible says it does Life for You know what that just said What that said was The death penalty For killing a baby In a mother's womb On purpose You say who said that God said it That's why I'm against the death penalty Well God's the one that instituted it And I don't mean to be ugly But if you kick my door down In the middle of the night, I'm not against the death penalty because I'm for protecting my family. And I pray I never have to do that, ever. That's my prayer. I don't want to do it. But I can assure you, if a bad guy comes to my house, he's getting hurt before my girls get hurt. And any man that's a man would say the same thing. You say, why? it's called protecting your family. You don't ever want to do that. You pray to God and say, God, don't ever let it happen. But if there's no other way, then that's the way it is. I am I mean, that little old granny, you know, she was up there with that blue hair, and that intruder came in, she had that dirty, hairy pistol, and she's pointing at that intruder, and she said, let's talk about Jesus until the cops get here, sonny. <laughs> I like that. Or that other lady, she was down there in Dallas, you know, and she's sitting there in, on the stand, and the judge is there, and the judge says, it says here that you shot the man six times with a revolver. With a 357 Magnum. Why did you shoot him six times? She said, well, your honor, he was stealing my purse. And he stole what I had, but I had my gun on me. He said, but why did you shoot him six times? She said, your honor, because when I pulled the trigger the seventh time, it just said click. <laughs> you, don't, you leave those kind of women alone. <laughs> That's pretty plain, the life. Did you know even today in America, if you killed a baby in the womb of a woman that you're in trouble? You're going to prison. I mean, it's a bad deal, but yet you can do it legally. It makes no sense to me. Now, here's the the kicker, and here's what everybody says. But it's the woman's body. Now, here's the thing. We're living in a day and time, the the women's liberation movement and all that. And let me just say, I'm for women. My mother's a woman. Both of my grandmothers are women. My wife's a woman. And I live with three daughters. Nobody's more for women than me. Women shouldn't be mistreated. They ought to be respected. I'm for all that. Don't get me wrong. A thousand percent for it. That's just how I feel about it. However, it's not really her body. You say, how do you know that? uh uh-uh. Let's see what the Bible says. I'm only getting my conjecture from the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But the truth is, men, your body's not your body either. It's not just one side or the other. It's both ways. It's not a woman's thing or a man's thing. That has nothing to do with it. So if you're thinking that, just go, just stop thinking it because you'll say that's not what I mean. As a matter of fact, if you're a Christian woman here tonight, Your body belongs to two people other than you if you're married. All right, notice what it says. 1 Corinthians 7, let's look at that one first. Verse 4, the wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. That's pretty plain, but it doesn't stop there, men. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. It's not just one-sided, it's both ways. In other words, if you're married, your body belongs to your spouse according to the scriptures. If the scriptures are right. There's no doubt in my mind they're right. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But it's more than that. Verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. People make a big deal out of a church building because they think about the Old Testament temple. They can't understand the dispensations. This is just a building, and I'm for keeping it nice because it's, this is where we meet with God. But that's not the temple, friend. The temple is your body. Look in verse 20. For you are bought with a price. In the Old Testament, that spirit really, really met in that place. And I know the Lord can meet with us when we meet together, but he resides in you when you're saved. Verse 20, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your what? body and in your spirit, which or whose? Now, who's your body belong to if you're a Christian? God. Well, let me ask you a question. If it belongs to God, does he get to decide what you do with your body? He should. And it doesn't just belong to him, it belongs to your spouse. Man or woman makes no difference. It's not one-sided. Either way, two people there in Scripture. That's pretty plain. And so people say, well, it's, the, the, it's always this, but it's the woman's body. Well, let me just say something. What about the baby's body? What about the baby? Does the baby not get in... Isn't it the baby's body that's the one being harmed? What about the baby? And so anyway... This is ugly. I mean, people don't like what I'm about to say. But a woman does have a choice before any of this happens. You say, well, what about raping? I'm not even talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a whole different subject. I ain't even getting into that. But anyway, that's the mess we're in in America. And what it's boiled down to is politics. I I don't like politicians. I don't like anything to do with it. That's why I've always stayed away from it so much. Most of them don't like me because I'm too plain spoken. Because I don't mind if it's a governor or anybody else. And believe me, I've written this governor and the last governor letters. And neither one of them liked them. (laughs) You say, why? Because I don't like people that sidestep stuff. Man, tell us what you believe. Quit playing politics. But that's what you get into. All right. How about some special cases in the Bible? Turn to Genesis 25. Watching my time closely. So, there's some cases that we can look at. Genesis chapter 25. I bet everybody knows about Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Do you ever wonder how many babies never made it? That God had a special purpose for? That they never got to fulfill their purpose? Look in um, Genesis 25. Genesis 25, verse 19. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. And so he had Isaac. Is given their generations. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. He married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethel, the Syrian, of Paddan and Ram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. means he prayed to her. Why? Because she was barren and you can read on down in verse 26 tells you 20 years went by before she had a child and God allowed her to have them so well, there's people like that today there are yeah, there are and, and God if he wants to he can help somebody in that situation but let me tell you if you're in that situation it doesn't mean you've done anything wrong and may God bless you and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah his wife conceived and the children struggled together within her And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said, her two nations are in thy womb. Look, the children struggled together. In Hosea chapter 12 and verse 3, it says the younger grabbed the older ones' heel. Man, they were in there fighting in the womb. I realize they're just fetuses and embryos, but how would they? No, they're babies. Real live babies. How about the case of John the Baptist? Look in Luke chapter 1. John the Baptist. His mother's name was Elizabeth. And she had a first cousin. She had a cousin. Her cousin's name was Mary. Mary had a boy named Jesus. Elizabeth had a boy named John. He's John the Baptist. Two very famous people in the scriptures. And look in Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter 1, all the way down to verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Zacharias is Elizabeth's husband. It didn't mean she walked in him. But it meant she greeted her is what it means. Probably hugged and everything else. The pleasantries. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped In her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And for, lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, look at this, the babe, John the Baptist, leaped in my womb, for what? That's an emotion. Joy. That baby had emotions before it was ever born. Isn't that something? They have emotions. It's pretty wild when our kids, a lot of times when Elizabeth was, uh, had our, before our babies were born, a lot of times when I would talk, they'd recognize my voice. She'd tell you they would. Sometimes they recognize Daddy's voice because he's around all the time, and they recognize Mama's voices. And many times, mothers will sing to their children. How many of you did that for those born? Oh, yeah. And a lot of times, they read all kinds of things. You say, well, it may not help them. Well, it doesn't hurt anything. They just love them. And that's just what they're doing. But did you know if they can have joy, then they can have grief? And they take those babies, when they abort them, they say that they scream and cry and terrible things. I couldn't imagine doing that to a little baby. Because they experience pain and grief and all that kind of thing. And they cry. And that's just wickedness as far as I'm concerned. Very wicked. So, well, I don't know about all that. Well, you don't have to know. But it's just what it is. Um, look in Mark chapter 9. Since you you right here. Look what the Lord says about a person that hurt a little one. If there's one I wouldn't mess with, it's a little one. I'm against anybody that would hurt a baby before it's born. And I'm against anybody that hurt a baby after it's born. Either way. Mark chapter 9. The Lord, he gets a little one in his lap here and he gives them a little object lesson. And he says down here in verse 42. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, talks about a little child, that believe in me. It is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. He said it'd be better for you if you hurt one of them to have a millstone, that's heavy, cast around your neck and thrown into the sea because you're going to have the vengeance of God on you when you hurt a little one. You see that and you see a, a grown man beating a child. I don't have any use for a man like that. And now, I'm not talking about disciplining a child. That's perfectly normal. The Bible talks about that. That's a different story. But if a grown man has no business punching a child in the face or anything like that. I mean, they're not a man. They're a mouse if they do that. No, that's exactly right. And a man that hit a woman, he's not a man either. That's how I feel about it. So, Ask me how I feel about it. <laughs> He's not a man. That's how I feel about it. Not much of a man to do that. All right, look at another case. How about the case of Jeremiah? We can't miss this one. Jeremiah chapter 1. We're closing in to being done here in a second. I got a lot more, but I don't have time to go through them all. Jeremiah chapter 1. Here's another case in the Bible. So God gives a warning. And the Bible talks about these children even can have guardian angels. It just breaks my heart, all the... Sex traffickers and all that kind of stuff Picking up these little kids And people don't do anything about it Now there are people doing stuff about it But there's a lot of people involved in it Man it's a terrible thing Terrible thing No child should have to experience that Jeremiah chapter number one They're innocent And a child ought to have a childhood They shouldn't be worried about paying bills And things like that They're five years old They don't need to be worrying about that stuff this let them be a child. That's Mama and Daddy's job to worry about. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before he's even formed in his mother's womb, the Lord said, I knew you. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, before he's even she gave birth to you, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He said, before she even gave birth to you, he said, I had a job for you. He said, I wanted you to be a preacher. I wonder how many preachers never made it out of the womb. I wonder how many doctors never made it out of the womb. How many nurses never made it out of the womb. How many school teachers? School teachers are, uh, they're very important people. You say, well, school teachers, they make a big deal. Yeah, they have a lot of influence on children. You get a school teacher that loves a child, give them a raise what <laughs> else i mean bless god bless them and a nurse what an important job to, And just think about all these different jobs farmers electricians um missionaries pianists sunday school teachers you name it any walk just think how, how many scientists how many people that would have that have cures of diseases and stuff. You say, well, we got cancer and stuff. Yeah, they probably killed the person that had the cure for it. God probably said, I was going to have this one grow up and have the cure to cancer. And when that, well, didn't ever made out of the womb. Man, that's a mess what that is. So in the Bible, we say that God has a purpose for people. And he just doesn't have a purpose right off the bat. He has it. Even later. Now, I found these kind of interesting. And this is, I'm not being controversial with this. And anybody knows me knows I'm not racist. I really am not racist. I'm not even a bit. And uh, you say, Well well, you'll say, I mean, I'm just telling you the truth, I'm not. Makes me no difference what anybody thinks. Brother Tim's here tonight, we're two different colors. Do you think I'm racist? He don't think I'm racist. He's known me for a long time. We hang out together. <laughs> Basically. But you've got in New York City in twenty sixteen Black abortions accounted for nearly 40% of all abortions in New York City. In 2016, there were 23,209 abortions on black women in New York City. There were 22,465 live black births in New York City. So according to those numbers, more black babies were killed or murdered before they were ever born in New York City than those that they gave birth to. You know what's happened? the Black Lives Matter movement and all that, they don't talk about that stuff because they're not really for black people. They don't represent you, do they? Nope. <laughs> they wouldn't represent me either. Bunch of, most of them's a bunch of white people in there getting rich what they're doing. So, you know what? They don't like that because they don't have anything to do with anything. 67% of all abortions in New York City were committed on minority women in 2016. That's the latest numbers I've got. Some have speculated that these women have been targeted. Now, that's real racism. Why would you target somebody because of their race? That makes no sense to me. That's ridiculous is what it is. It's ridiculous. 48% in 2020 Gallup poll call themselves pro-choice in America. 46% in America call themselves pro-life. Our country's deadlocked on this, half and half half are for abortions, half are against it well, let me tell you, if you got a Bible you, it's pretty easy to get on which side you're on yeah, I mean. pretty easy uh, Planned Parenthood wrote this on its website after Biden and Harris were elected or after they got in, whatever it was <laughs> Planned Parenthood has champions in the White House again what that means is people that will kill more babies isn't that awful? That's awful. Um, You may have seen that I've spent some time at the Capitol uh, in the last little bit, and I'm thankful for that opportunity. I'm not really trying to seek that out, but the Lord kind of opened a door there. And there's a senator in our state in Conway. He's a state senator. His name is Jason Rapert. How many of you heard of him? Raise your hand. Well, you need to know about him. And that boy... He doesn't care what anybody thinks. I like it. He's not really, he's not a politician. That's the only reason I like him. If he, and there's some more in there that aren't. And you get on the state level, you get people that aren't politicians. They're just trying to do right. And he's a good Christian guy. And he's had me down. And, and I'm the first pastor that I know of that's opened the Senate in prayer since COVID. In, our, in the whole state of Arkansas. On the Senate floor, opened them in prayer. And the first thing I thank God for was these babies. That they passed a law in the Senate in Arkansas this past year to stop abortions. That's the only reason I'm involved with these people. If it wasn't, I wouldn't. I mean, that's the main reason that and they're Christian people. Now, you ought to see the hate mail this boy gets. This man, I'm sorry, calling him boy. He's a good man. You ought to see the hate, the wickedness that he received. It's un, he showed me, it's unbelievable. And so you ought to pray for these people. They're trying to stand up for these babies and stuff. Now the ACLU has come back, and they said, we're taking everybody to court. So it happened in Mississippi first and then Arkansas. And so they're taking Mississippi to court to try to stop this. And so it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And that's what they wanted from the beginning because they feel like there's more people that's pro-life on the Supreme Court. We'll find out because you don't ever know what those crazy people are going to do than there has ever been before. And they wanted to go back to the Supreme Court to get it overturned. And so the ACLU's jumped in, and they've stepped in and took the bait. (laughs) And they said, we're taking you to court. And they said, that's what we wanted. That's what we was hoping you'd do, you big dummies. And so anyway, and they reeled them in. Now they're going to court, and they might get the thing overturned. Wouldn't that be something? And so, and the president you got now, he said, all the federal judges he puts in will be pro-choice. He'll make sure of it. In other words, for abortions. What a mess we're in in America. And the first thing he did when he got in office, he sent taxpayers money right back overseas to kill more babies. We're funding abortions overseas. That's unbelievable. We got people starving to death. And so that's the mess we're in in America. We better pray is what we better do. God won't bless a nation that kills their own babies. They won't never do it. And so anyway. And that senator I told you about, he's running for lieutenant governor. And so they say, well, he doesn't have a chance. You might be surprised; he's been elected. I don't know how many times. And they say because he's so conservative. I mean, even the conservatives don't like him. He's too conservative for them. That's why I liked him, because I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a Christian. I'm neither. I'm Christian is what I am. I'm going with this Bible right here. And so anyway, I like it. We're gonna have him over sometime. We'll have a big. We're gonna do some kind of police or something. I don't know, and firefighters, EMTs, all this. We'll get all this, but we're going to honor him and may have him come speak at something like that this fall. That'd be great because people need to know people like that and pray for him. Pray for him. He's being sued by everybody uh, in the world, it seems like, because of his stands, trying to go with the Bible and things. But thank God for it. All right, we're going to stop, Brother Jonathan.